I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm saying? <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that, out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us. Another hot one in the city, which I absolutely love. I don't know what the temperature's like, you know, in Halifax or in Boston or in, you know, Greensboro or in, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, or, you know, Red Deer, or Kelowna, or, you know, Manitoulin Island. But in Toronto, it's beautiful. I can't I can't deal with people that complain about the heat. It drives me insane. Like, com- come complain to me in January, where it's minus 31 with the windshield. Com- complain about the heat then. Like, that, that's what I want to hear you complain about the heat. Because if you complain about it now, I'm going to punch you in the face. Or I'm going to say something rude to you with explicit, colorful language. Like, I, I, you'd be like, we live in, like I live in Toronto, Canada. We get, win, winter is like six months of the year, and it sucks. And, and, like, I don't know how people can complain when... There are so many pairs of white shorts and white pants walking around on Queen Street or on King Street or on College Street or at the mall. Like, how can you complain? It's beautiful out there. And the patios, the patios, such amazing real estate in this city. And I'm sure in whatever city you're listening in, the patios, it's so hard to focus sometimes in the summer. Especially, like, if you work in an office and you have to wear, like, business casual uh, clothes and it's like you work, like, a 9 to 5 or an 8 to 5. Or if, like, or if you're in summer school, which is just torturous. You just got to at sometimes kind of hate your life because there are others that are just out there enjoying, like, on a, like a, like a Wednesday, like hump day, like on a Wednesday. It's like, uh, it's halfway through the week. I'm going to go, I'm going to leave at, like, 2 o'clock. Or three o'clock, go sit on a patio and just crush some, you know, some beverages. It's nice. Life is good. Just like Nas's CD, Life is Good. Black Bond, great tune. Cardinal Official, shout out to you. You did a, a nice remix on that, on that song. And the song Daughters, or Daughter. That one's pretty dope, too. So was the one by John Mayer. I just went on a, I was on a John Mayer kick last night. Just, I think I have like five of his records, and I just... You know, you know, how, like on your iPod, you just go to like artist and you just play all the songs. I was on a, yeah, I don't know why. There's my one John Mayer story. I was in Vegas a few years ago and we were at, um, boy, what club were we at? Oh, we're at uh, uh, the Hard Rock, Cap- Hard Rock Hotel. Uh, I can't remember the name of the club in there. It's not Body English. Body English is the pool, I think. Anyway, John Mayer. So I'm, I'm like trying to talk to these girls that are in John Mayer's booth. 
So it's John Mayer, a couple of his buddies, and like nine girls, maybe ten girls. So like I'm on the periphery, like the edge of the booth, trying my hardest to like convince these two girls to come out and party with me. No dice. Like, what was my problem? I mean, it's John Mayer, and I'm Cabral Richards. I got to stay in my lane. This, the lane over here that's like in the dust and the gravel and like, like the garbage on the side of the road, like in that ditch, that's my lane. John Mayer on the highway. Um, speaking of patios, a few years ago, I'm on a patio here in Toronto. I think, I think we're on the Gretzky's patio, uh, which is called Oasis. And it's packed. Like Thursday nights are super busy. So I'm there with a couple of my friends. I won't, I won't name, well, one was Sheldon Alexander, but I won't say the other guy's name. Th- those who are friends, who are friends of mine will probably know who this other person is. But anyway, we get talking to these, we get talking about, you know, just, you know, get, get men and women and the, the subject of, uh, of, of ambidextrousness comes up. Like, how good are you with your left hand? We're, most people in the world are right-handed people. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of left-handed people listening to the podcast, but most people are right-handed, and the world is has been made for right-handed people. That's why the you know the mouse is on the certain side of your keyboard, and you know that's why you you know you pick up the phone with the left hand and you dial the dial pad is for your right hand. But anyway, so uh, like a random girl enters into the fray and into our little group, and and you know these dudes both talk about how. They could undo her bra with either right or left hand. I was like, well, how good are you with your left hand? So this my, my friend of mine proceeds to undo her bra. Like, they're standing chest to chest. And we're on a packed patio. It's probably like 9 or 10 o'clock. Haven't even had that many cocktails in the system. But it's a, like someone, like one of us had like the first iPhone. or So, we, you know, the iPhone has the timer. So we're doing it on the stopwatch. And... Uh, the friend who who is particularly efficient in this in this uh, manner and uh, efficient at this game, he just lightning like boom pops it off, blah blah blah, and we're all kind of celebrating and like oh this is me, and we're more celebrating the girl we just met on the patio participating in this game, and an hour later we meet her boyfriend who was on the patio the whole time. The summer, man. The summer will just do that to you. Just the, the, the endorphins flying in the air along with the pollen just gets people to do different things in the summertime. I don't know how I'm going to segue to our first guest, um, but here it goes. Currently one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the CFL, humble as ever, and plays for the most diehard fan base in Canada joins me on the phone. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. Ladies and gentlemen, two of the nicest athletes that I've ever interviewed in my career are from South Carolina. <laughs> and that's uh, Jermaine O'Neal, who played most of his career uh, with the Indiana Pacers, and Kevin Garnett, who played most of his career with the Timberwolves and then later with the Boston Celtics. I believe Darian Durant, quarterback of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, will join the list 
Welcome to Cabby Presents, sir. Oh, man, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate that. And we are all nice guys from South CAC. So. That's what I heard, man. That's that, that's what I heard. Okay, so so um, uh, a couple stories before I get into some questions for you. Uh-huh. Now, like, okay, you went to university at, at North Carolina, correct? Yep. Okay, so the story, North Carolina, uh, your, your storied rivalry with Duke. I've been to both campuses, uh-huh. and the campus of North Carolina has cuter girls than uh, Duke's <laughs> campus. Can you confirm? Oh, by far. Oh, by far. We have the best in the whole South, if you ask me. The whole Wait, but wait, those Florida State girls. You remember seeing yeah, those yeah, Florida yeah, State, right. man? We, I've been down there twice, and it's, it's, it's amazing down there. <laughs> I, got, I got to roll with you on that one. I almost, I almost think that the Internet was invented for Florida State girls. <laughs> like the amount of photos that just come out from there. Yeah, I know. It's trouble, man. Now, when you, like, when you were an athlete on campus, I, you know, the, the pool of beautiful women anywhere you go is small. Like the pool of women in general, big, but the beautiful women small and i know that like if you just even look at like basketball wives or the housewives of blah 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 uh-huh. there's like the same pool of women for like you know a certain amount of dudes so when you were on campus were your biggest rivals the basketball players oh yeah of course especially when you go to a basketball school like north carolina man they they have them lined up and ready every <laughs> single day it doesn't matter so if we were winning then, you know, we, we have a couple more, but uh, it was tough to compete with those basketball guys, man. Now, and they were national champions, too, so that, that added to it. Right. So, wait, you got, they were champions in 05. Yep. And were you there at that time? Yep. That was uh, basically, well, it was it's, the, the season started my senior year, which was in 04, and then they won it in March of 05. So oh, so that was like. Basically my senior year. That was uh, Ray Felton, Marvin, uh, Marvin Williams, Mar- McCants, uh, and Sean May. And, and Sean, players. yes, yes, I, dude. I thought Sean May was gonna be legit in the NBA, even though he was like undersized, like six nine ish. But that game against Illinois, that dude was—I think he was like twenty-two and eighteen. Like yeah. he had a monster final game. I was looking forward to a lot from Sean May. I think injuries kind of slowed him down a little bit, but I think he's overseas doing well. So sometimes you just got to take that path, you know. Now, were you guys? Do you? Do you form friendships with the basketball players? A couple of them were pretty cool. I was I was pretty close with McCants and uh, me and Ray Ray Felton. He was from South Carolina too, so I knew him uh, before he even got to school. So we were pretty tight. But uh, you know, we we never really crossed paths that much because they were always busy, and so were we. So right, I I, I recently saw a picture of Ray Felton like oh, in summer man. league. My guy's got a gut, dude. I know, man. Have you seen I, that? I, like. I saw I saw it on Twitter the other day. Yeah, man. So bad. I'm like, you guys, like the Knicks, like gave away (laughs) Jeremy Lin for Jason Kidd, who was 107, and Ray Felton, who's got a stomach like mine. I'm just like, what? Like the Knicks, they just love to throw around. I mean, listen, who knows what happened during the city or during the season? But man, like that dude is, I mean, and Baron Davis, who struggled with his weight his whole career, too. (laughs) I know, man. Uh, I, I just hope Ray can get his stuff together. He's got a new start. Good team, so I hope he, you know, goes on a little diet real quick and gets oh, back in shape. Man, he's got a P ninety X plus insanity. <laughs> hey, do you guys do that stuff? No, we don't mess with that, man. We we pretty much uh, we have personal trainers and things like that, so we don't really go that far. 
like those guys like go hard. Like you're watching, you're in your living room, sweating buckets, staring at that TV, and that dude is looking right in your eyes. I know. And you have to do like <laughs> 75 reps of something. Like when was the last time you did 75 reps of anything? I couldn't tell you. Couldn't. <laughs> Probably when I was eight or nine when I didn't get tired at all. But that was it. How many well, how many push-ups in a row do you think you could do? <sighs> I don't know. Probably 30 or 40. <laughs> Without, I mean, if I have somebody pushing me, then I'll probably go a little further. There are there are guys <laughs> there are guys in in Saskatchewan listening to this right now. They're gonna hear it. And they're gonna try to they're gonna try to friggin' like uh, like have a competition with you if they see you out. Just you're you're at a you know restaurant eating with your your boys or or, or your friends and hey man, I can do forty pushups too, bro. <laughs> like, Darren, I you're know. gonna you're gonna get one of those. So just yeah. be just be aware of it. Hey, nothing would surprise me out here in Saskatchewan, man. Oh, it's okay. So let okay. So let me get to that. So you you uh you play in Regina, the city that rhymes with fun. Yeah. And if okay, if you ate, let's say you eat three meals a day, mm-hmm. how many of those meals do you think you pay for? Uh, one. <laughs> one. Was it? And which which meal would that be? Because as soon as you step off the the field, Probably dinner. As soon as we step off the field, they have food for us here. And then I like to go to lunch at uh, a little Greek spot, and then they take care of me, and then I'll pay for dinner. Because <laughs> I'm not a big cooker, right? I right. can cook, so I, I usually eat out pretty much you're, four you're, or five times a week. Oh, wow. Okay, well then, but it's not that expensive since you only have to pay for one of right. those four or five meals. Or like right. your one time a day. Because yeah. like, you live, like, you play in a city with, like, the smallest fan base population-wise, right. but the most... Like loyal and die hard. Yeah. What What is your life like in Regina as opposed to growing up in South Carolina? Man, I'm gonna be honest with you. I wouldn't trade it for anything, man. I, I mean, it, it is hard for me to go around without people noticing. It's hard for me to do anything. But I would rather, much rather, have that problem than be a nobody. You know, and and that means that I'm doing something with my life. I'm I'm successful. So I wouldn't trade it at all. But it, sometimes it gets hectic. You know, people come up to you while you're eating, things like that. But uh, like I said, I wouldn't trade it, man. It's it's the best. How many how many cell phone pictures do you think you take in on a weekly oh, basis? Oh my goodness! Over <laughs> over seven or eight hundred? I wouldn't say that many. It's it's at least a hundred. <laughs> but you know, it's it's cool. You know, I, I gotta gotta take it while I can. I can imagine that the the fans are like. As nice as they probably were in South Carolina, or or just walking around Raleigh, because like they're both kind of small yeah. communities, but very tight communities. Oh yeah, for sure, man. They're they're the best, and uh, you know it, it's that's what you want to play in front of. I would much rather play in front of a, a small, you know, fan base that's always consistent, always there for you, rather than fairweather fans who. You know, the stadium's always empty and, you know, yeah. you have no support. So I, I'd much rather be here. Now, okay, moving on. So I, the the Bachelorette just ended, and I don't know if you watch these types of shows. Not really. Uh, not, you're aware of the Bachelorette. Yeah. It's like a phenomenon. Like, girls have Bachelorette parties. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like, oh, it's Thursday night or whatever night of the week it's on. And, like, six <laughs> girls will, you know, crack open a bottle of wine and watch this. And yeah. all they'll do is just hate on the girls in the show. <laughs> like, that's a, like, I can't imagine, a, I can't think of a, a, a time where dudes were sitting around watching probably sports or some you know, a bunch of videos on YouTube with, you know, yeah. guys getting hit in the in the you know in the groin or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But 
I, it's rare to find a group of dudes hating on other dudes. I know. That's just not in our nature, man. No. The females, they... They're, they're based on gossip. You know? they, have, they have to do that. That drives them. That drives their life. I was, yeah, absolutely, and I was just like, and yesterday or or whenever it was announced, Mariah Carey is replacing Jennifer Lopez as like an American Idol judge, and uh -oh. my girl was like, oh, I really love. Uh, you know, Mariah Carey, but I love Jennifer Lopez's outfits. That's oh, what I'm going to miss. Man. The outfits. Oh, my goodness. And and, and and I feel like The Bachelorette is one of those things, or The Bachelor, wherever the one where you just see a bunch of girls in, yeah. that's what women watch for is what the other girls are wearing. That's it. You know, I, I had my girl tell me one time, I don't go out to... I don't put on clothes to, to go impress guys or, or anything like that. I dress for the girl. That's right. And I was, <laughs> it was hard for me to accept that first because I didn't see it. But but as time passed, I was, oh okay, I, I, I see that. That's what drives them. So okay, I, I can understand. That and and you know when you're walking down the street with with a, a woman or your lady, like a, another one, she won't check you out first. She'll check out the girl first, and if yeah. she approves, then yeah. she'll check you yeah. out. Like it's, it is small things like shoes or what type of yes. bag do they have. Yeah. Yes. You know, a little stuff like that. I'm, it's, crazy. I'm, it's, a, it's a learning process, but I'm starting to pick up on the, all those little details just being out here in the city. So, oh, yeah. okay, so The Bachelorette just finished, and this fall, the Canadian Bachelor is going to is going to start. And the, the, the first Canadian Bachelor is a guy named Brad Smith, who was a former CFL player. Uh, I believe he was a receiver. He played for Edmonton. He played for Toronto, and he played for Montreal. Okay, yep, yep. I know what you're talking about. Okay. And, and uh, uh, a few years back, a former NFLer and also a Canadian, a guy named Jesse Palmer. He was the bachelor when he was with the New York Giants. Yep. Uh, backing up e Eli Manning, or or maybe it was, um, oh my gosh, who's the dude that? Um, oh, Kerry Collins. When Kerry oh, Collins yeah, was yeah, in. Yeah. Okay. So, so my question to you is, who on your team, Darian? Would 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 be one to a volunteer for the bachelor, or who who do you think would make a good bachelor? Oh, because it might be question. two different people. Yeah. Well, we had a bunch of long hair guys on this team, right now. <laughs> and, I, and I think the chicks are digging that that style right now. So I probably will have to go with Craig Newman. Craig. We, we call him Sunshine. <laughs> Remember the Titans? He's number 42. Right, right, well, right. I will have to go with him, man. He's got the swag. He's got, you know, everything I think the ladies would like. So, And he's got that hair, which is, I guess is in right now. So. <laughs> Those flowing <laughs> so have, locks. Yeah, I would have to give it to Craig, man. He's a, he's a ladies' man. That's, so, that's what he's all so about. He, so he would be the best fit for The Bachelor? Yeah, I think so. Now, who, who would be the dude that would want to do it? Like, who would want to be get more TV time and have, you know, women, women fawning over him? He may, not be the <laughs> he may not be the dude that's the most in shape yeah. or the dude with the best personality <laughs> or the most charming dude, but yeah. who's the dude that you think would like to soak up that experience honestly i think it would be Corey sheets <laughs> our running back. And, uh, the guy was just telling me a story he was in uh they were in a store the other day and he's uh, he's walking around the store just uh tapping people on the shoulder hey do you know who i am I'm get Corey out sheets. in real life come <laughs> yeah. on in real well, life he's, he's joking of oh course, okay but, but you know I think that's that kind of thing where it's it's a joke, but he's serious. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think that's what that was. He's well, half Cor kidding. Corey's definitely, 
he definitely loves the spotlight and the limelight, man. So Corey Sheets. Yeah. All right. I mean, maybe I should get him on to, to discuss it. Oh, and, yeah. And... Talk to him about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if you saw this today, but uh, Carolina Panthers center Ryan Khalil mm-hmm. took out a, a full-page ad today in the Charlotte Observer. Mm-hmm. This, is your, your, this is your neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Saying that the Panthers will win the Super Bowl. It's like, it, you know, and, and like it was – it was well written and, and you know it shows a lot of passion and but this is coming from a lineman yeah, okay yeah. so if one of your teammates did that how would you handle it once it was brought to your attention honestly me being who I am I would have to ride with it and I, I would be right there with them like I don't know if I'd be bold enough to go and and predict that myself but if he says it I'll have his back 100% I mean that's how you're supposed to think as an athlete. You're not going to say, okay, well, we're going into the season and we're going to try to make the playoffs. No, you want to win it all. So if, if one of my hoggies came to me, came, well, said that to, the, to someone in the media and it got out, hey, I'll be right there to support them, man. That's just the type of guy I am. Okay, well, Dar- Darren, I understand that, you know, you and, and your teammates have a lot of confidence. And yeah. in, your, in your mind, believe you could win the Grey Cup. Believe that in November you'll be here in Toronto, yeah. you know, battling for, you know, back from 2007, trying to win the 100th Grey Cup. Yeah. Now, but, like, okay, this dude put it in the newspaper, okay? So he put it out there in the universe. Yeah. Do you believe in jinxing? <sighs> I do. I do, honestly, I do. Uh, certain certain superstitious, superstitious things they 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 stick to me. Like I have to keep the same routine. I I believe in, you know, don't say something prior or it may happen the wrong way or something like that. So I I kind of do believe in jinxing a little bit. Well, Darren, how does jinxing work though? Like, is it is it like if one person says something, then the whole <laughs> production is destined to fa- fall apart, or does it have to be like See, a group getting, of you? Now you're getting real specific. Well, I don't know <laughs> because I I don't know. Like jinxing is a thing that like you know it's it's like some wives' tale, something we believe in. We're like five, like yeah, you know, yeah. we learn at school and don't jinx it. You know, yeah. we may not get this party or blah blah blah. But we carry that into adulthood. Like you just said, yeah. you believe in jinxing. I, I kind of see what you. I see what you mean. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the specifics of jinxing. You know, I just, I just believe that you don't want to. I believe that you can sometimes talk up something. You know what I mean? So, if you are positive about it, then, and you think that way, then it can happen. But if you talk about something negative, then you you just talked it up. So I guess if you're talking in a positive way then it's not jinxing. But if you talk negatively, then you're basically jinxing. Yeah, I don't know why that is, though, because we all have, you know, we all, everybody has confidence and, you know, try to be a positive person and have, like, positive energy around you. But, yeah. you know, you don't always get to win the lotto or, yeah, you know, know, you don't always get to make that light. Well, or, maybe he knows in his head that there's a slim opportunity, but he's trying to put some fire in his teammates. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He may have a motive behind that. You know, who knows? You know, some people know that you just have to have mind sex with people. You know, make make them feel as if they're just the greatest thing in the world. But but you know that uh, you know you don't really think that way. I'm, so I'm it sorry. just depends. Wait, I'm sorry, Darren. Did you say mind sex? Yeah, I, I would like to have been more explicit with that. <laughs> mind yeah, sex. Yeah, like you have to. Uh, that's you know, not, sell them a dream sometimes. That sounds that sounds like something that you may have run run with on the campuses of uh, University of North Carolina. 
It's like, baby, you know, oh, uh, man, you know, my future's gonna be. You know where I'm gonna be. Oh man, don't break up those, those days. <laughs> Try to forget about them. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. So uh, I, I know that you're on Twitter, yeah. and uh, I don't know if you saw that. I saw this late last night before I, I went to bed, uh-huh. but. Um, Evan Longoria, he plays for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays in mm-hmm. baseball. Um, the he was tweeting, he was responding to a tweet mm-hmm. from Major League Baseball, and this is the tweet from Major League Baseball: mm-hmm. MTV star Snooki bringing her fist pumping to City Field Monday, mm-hmm. where the New York Mets play. Mm-hmm. So they're advertising Snooki coming to the game. Wow. So Evan Longoria was like, "This is what the MLB is tweeting about." Why are we endorsing this? Yeah. So then, then he got a response from a fan. So then he responds to the fan. He's like, what? You're disappointed in me for trying to educate the youth of our world that being a drunk moron is no way to become famous? Wow. Now, if the CFL, your league, started using reality stars to promote the game or bring people into the stadiums, not in Regina because you guys are packed. You guys have been packed for the last 17 years. But in other stadiums where they struggle with attendance, like Toronto, would you take issue with it? No, I wouldn't because, uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to see it from his side, which I do. But me personally, no, I wouldn't be upset about that because, like you said, if if you have an empty stadium and you're just trying to – sell some tickets and, and promote your team, then, you know, so be it. Because you don't know if those fans who come in to see Snooki, if they enjoy themselves at the game, you win, you put on the show, then you may have gained more fans. So uh, I wouldn't see – I don't see anything wrong with that, but I definitely see where he's coming from because it's a tweet from, you know, the the league, the league itself. So I definitely understand him, but uh, I, I wouldn't take offense to that at all. So like He might have been going through something that day and – Pissed off. Well, I, I think it just sounds like he hates Snooky, like anything yeah, to do with the Jersey Shore. Like they're yeah. <laughs> like they're not role models, but like you know, the, they have you know all all the members. Well, most of the members of the Jersey Shore have had uh, spinoffs, like yeah. Pauly D Project, JWoww, and Snooky. I think Vinny's got one in the works. Yeah, um, and 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 they got famous for for you know. Okay, so like, how do you feel about? So many people in society, North American society, wanting to become famous with virtually no discernible skills as opposed to, except for, like, falling off stools, yeah. getting drunk, yeah. and, you know, fighting with your quote-unquote friends. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, whatever your hustle is and whatever you do to, to make a living, you know, you just have to do it, you know. To each his own is is my belief because... If I was down in the dumps, you know, unemployed, and someone wanted to pay me a million dollars to just follow me around and to be drunk all day, who would say no to that? I, I suppose. So, I suppose. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that that's just the way of the world. Like, we're lucky and we're blessed to be, you know, one of the couple thousand people to play professional ball. But, you know, that's just the path we took, so... You know, you you just have to take whatever comes your way, and if you're blessed to make a million dollars by just being yourself, then you're lucky. So that's just how it goes. If the CFL did one of those reality shows where, like, some like, and they called it like Ordinary Joe or <laughs> Joe Canadian or whatever it was, and they, you know, they offered a, a a chance for a guy to like walk on, and say that guy was offered a contract to play with you guys, the Saskatchewan yeah. Rough Riders. Yeah. Would you guys like? Would you guys grind and and like? chirp that dude and just I don't know just like it depends he, man it depends it depends on, on his personality 
on his personality and what he, you know, he has to make the team. Like if you if you go on a show and you have to do something just for a tryout, then that's one thing. But once you get into camp and then your skills aren't up to par and you still make the team, then we're gonna have a problem. Ah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if, if if you went like like uh, my boy Jesse Holly did that show with Michael Irvin, right? And got yeah. The shot with the uh, with the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember yeah. what it was. It was on Spike. I can't remember what it was called though. Yeah. Uh, Oh my gosh! Because I follow him on Twitter. He, I went to school with him. I oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Fourth and long, or something like that. Yeah. But uh, you know, he 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 actually he earned a tryout and then he made the team. See, that's that's a difference than you actually, you know, you win the, the thing on the show and then you guarantee the spot on the team. That now that that'll that'll bring a lot of problems into the locker room. So. Yeah, but then remember when he like he had a touchdown and then he like did he what he start? No, he, he got he caught. Fu- yeah, because didn't he start <laughs> celebrating? Too early or something? Well, he was running with the ball. He didn't even have the ball tucked. He had it down like a loaf of bread, and then he got caught on the one-yard line. Right. Like, man. Yeah, see, I'm sure I'm sure he got crucified oh, on Twitter for that. that. You know it. Oh, my gosh. Like, I was talking to um, Henry Burris a couple weeks ago, and he said he had to get off Twitter just because of the avalanche of hate that he would receive after a loss. Because after a loss, I mean, I mean, you might be in the same boat, too. Like, oh, they pi- they probably pile it on, no? Oh, they do, man. It, You know, Twitter, it's a, it's a great thing. It's a great for social networking. But, man, for everyone to have access to you, is, sometimes it can be bad, especially when things aren't going good. But you got to be strong-minded, man. You can't you can't let that get you down. So, speaking of social, social media, I put out a question on uh, the TSN Facebook page. Got a, like hundreds of thousands of, of subscribers. And so I got a few questions for you specifically, Darian Durant. Okay. Now this first one comes from, uh, and I, don't, I might mess up this guy's name, Nick Kazmar. He says, what's the funniest heckle you've heard on the road? Oh, man. Uh, actually, I just got told this story last night. It was a guy who... Uh, you know, it was a guy from Montreal, right, that was on our team. And he was going around the locker room asking for tickets, you know, because he had a couple hundred people that he knew coming to the game or whatever. So uh, the day before the day before they leave to go to Montreal, they get the, we get the GM to, to call him in there and act like we're going, they're, uh, they're cutting him. Oh, so, my gosh, okay. <laughs> so the GM calls him in there, you know, tells him he's cut. After he's done paid for all these tickets, done spent a couple thousand bucks, they let his family and friends come watch the game, and he's in there crying, man. I'm oh, not a good storyteller, but the tears were coming down his face. It was just so funny. Oh, that, my that gosh. Was, yeah, that's the worst. But I feel bad. You can't play with a guy's career like that. <laughs> <laughs> but they cut him right before he was about to go home, so that was pretty funny. Oh, that was great. And at yeah. what point, like, did anybody did anybody take a picture of him? No, like, no, no. <laughs> But but like a but were a bunch of guys like walking past the office where he was in there crying or was he like at his locker just hand, no, well, hand head in his hands? I, I saw the tears, but when he got back to the locker room, he just had his head down a little bit. So oh he, man, but yeah, that's uh, that was funny. And, <laughs> and and what's the guy's name? Uh man, it was a couple years ago. Oh uh, okay, don't put me on spot like that. Oh, I, I thought it was I thought it was more recent. I no, thought, no, no, oh, okay, no. What, uh, how how long do you know how long they let him sit in agony thinking yeah, that he'd like, been cut? Like 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> they, just, they gave it the perfect amount of time for it just to sit in and, and let him think about his next move. Oh, uh, wow. Pretty funny. That's great. Yeah. Uh, another question from uh, Or Isaac. 
He says, uh, Darian, who's your favorite receiver to throw to? Well, uh, right now it's just, it has to be Weston Dressler, man. That that guy, he's special, man, for his size. You know, he catches everything that comes his way. He play. He's only five seven, but he plays like he's about six seven. So wow. Yeah, he's he's my my number one target, and uh, you know the guy I have my trust in. So. Five seven, like you got to throw it right in the numbers yeah, every time, or like right at his helmet, <laughs> like. Hey, it helps you with your accuracy, though. You yeah. know, oh, if it you must. Throw it to him, then you know you get a big guy in there, then it's easy. It's it's not often you hear of short athletes in the four majors. I know uh, Dustin Pedroia of the of the Boston Red Sox. He's like five six oh, or man. five, and he won an MVP a few years ago. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I think there's a guy named David Eckstein who played for the Cardinals. Yeah. I think he won an MVP. I want to say in like '06, like in the World Series or something like. That, I think. Yeah. Another it's hard for us out here, man. You know. What's that? The, I said it's hard for us out here. I'm in the same boat, <laughs> trying to play quarterback, standing at five eleven, five ten, five eleven. You know. Hey, well, you you play like you're six ten or six eleven. <laughs> uh, a lady named Jody Morrison Lorenz asks, "Are Dario's part of your pregame routine?" Unfortunately, no. <laughs> what? So, for the listeners at home, what what is Dario's? Uh, Dario's is uh, a cereal that that got named after me that was uh, made by Co-op out here in uh, Saskatchewan, and uh, it was just spread out, delivered throughout the province. I'm not sure if it entered any of the other provinces, but, uh, you know, it was just my own cereal. had my face on it. Oh, really? Everything. Yep, right what, here in Saskatchewan. What flavor was it? It was more, it, it, it was basically like uh, plain Cheerios. Oh, okay. Yeah, but instead of Cheerios, it was just Dario's. Dario's. Did, yeah. Were like, did you did you put some honey nut, like some like syrup on it? or? No, I just throw some sugar on it, a did, little sugar. Did you put yeah, brown? They, they, were, they were plain, so, you know, they didn't have much flavor, so I had to spice it up a Man, couldn't they, couldn't they, like, lightly coat it with a like caramel or something? Well, they knew that kids would be would be the biggest. Oh, uh, right. Okay. You know, kids don't really care what they eat. So. And right, and plus, plus we can't we can't jack the kids up on sugar. Yeah, exactly. Because you have a province of fat kids, like oh, like man. there are right now. Like I was a fat kid, and well, like they said, a salad is five bucks, and a double cheeseburger is a dollar. So oh, man, man. that tells you right there. Yep. But that double cheeseburger is so good yeah, after you're two right a.m. About that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one one more. Uh, uh, from uh, a person named Jamie Arens or Arens, uh, do you follow the Summer Olympics? And if so, what events or events are your favorites? Well, I do follow the, the Summer Olympics first of all, and, and I'm a basketball guy. I played basketball basically my whole life until I started lifting weights and you know got a little getting diesel. Yeah, exactly. Getting swole. Yeah, I couldn't guard those guys anymore. But uh, I'm a basketball fan, man. Uh, ever since the, the they let the NBA players in in 92. I mean, I've been all about the dream team and basketball, Olympic basketball. So that's that's my favorite sport. Do you agree with Michael Jordan when he says, when he asserts that only three members of the of the 2012 basketball team could make the 92 team? I believe it's LeBron, Kobe, and Kevin Durant, but I don't know if he went into specifics. But if it's you don't those think three, Melo would make it. Hmm. I, I don't. Well, I'm asking you. Ah. Uh, uh, Mello. Mello would replace well, like a like Drexler or somebody. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess those would be the three. You know, for sure, guys. But yeah, I'm with Jordan, man. Uh, you know, all those Hall of Famers they had and all that. But I, I don't know if you remember Matt Dominguez. He was a receiver out here a couple years ago. 
and he uh, he tweeted back at the real Skip Bayless, who said, you know, that this team couldn't even compete with 92. But the question was, how many NBA players did the other countries have in 92? See, now you're playing against a bunch of foreign teams with, you know, Ginobili and yep. all those guys on the same team. Tony Gasol Parker and, and Gasol and, and Dirk yeah. Nowitzki and, yeah. Right. So Serge Ibaka is on Spain. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you, you, I don't know if the competition was as good as it, as it is now. So it's a good question. I, I, I would really love to see that, though. But. I think I think what back then there was like Detlef Schremp who's in Germany, yeah. Arvidas Sabonis. Was I think he was Lithuanian? Yeah, there, there, yeah there's and like Kukoc, ma- that was it. Kukoc, right? There's like a like a, less than a handful of guys yeah. back in in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a that's a great point. Yeah. Um, hey, have you? Okay, last thing. Have you ever met Michael Jordan? You went to University of North Carolina. Yeah, I have actually. He he used to come back every summer, and uh, you know he used to hoop against you know Ray Felton and the boys. And me and Ray were tight, so he Ray would let me in the gym and check him out and all that stuff. So. You would oh, yeah. play so okay. So this is unbelievable. So you experienced Michael Jordan firsthand, like on yeah. a court. Oh yeah, this was back in two thousand, two thousand one. Now when he was still going a little bit, he was still with the uh, Wizards. The Wizards, at the time. Yeah. yeah. So he still had a, a little bit left, not a lot, but hey, I was right up in there, man. And Vince and Rasheed and all those guys used to come back. So those were some games to that watch. Is, there, uh, wait, did you? But did you get on the court, or were you just oh, watching? Oh no, 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 I was just a spectator. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. I, I'm not trying to get dunked on. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were in the paint, then you should get dunked on. You yeah. have no business being in that paint at all. What um what 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 was some of the commentary like? Like, what did did you hear MJ like? Oh man, he is a trash talker. He he he'll tell you you can't guard me, you can't handle me, young buck. You know he was. At 40 at the time, you know what I mean? And still going at them, telling them how they couldn't handle him. And he still had a little hops, but the biggest talker was Rasheed Wallace, man. That guy never shuts up. Oh, really? Oh, man. Foul mouth and everything. <laughs> oh, man. It was it was good to it was good to see. I wish this was a little R-rated. I could explain some of those things. <laughs> so, do so do I. So do I, Darian. I really do. Yeah. Uh, but oh man, that's a great story. Thank you for uh, closing that out with such a, a great anecdote. It's been awesome speaking with you, and I need to get out to Regina to uh, to interview you on the TV side. I got to write something for us to do, which will be yeah, man. I got I got to cool. go back into the vault and come up with something creative. Yeah, man, sounds good. And and you gotta let you gotta promise me that if we get out to Toronto, I'm sorry, when we get out to Toronto for this Grey Cup, you'll have something set up for me. Hundred percent, I will, Darren. Right, cool. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. I, I look forward to meeting you in person, and good luck to the rest of the way. And if I see you in Toronto in November, know that I'll have something for you. All right, man, sounds good. Thanks. All right. Great talking with you. All right, you too. Watching Michael Jordan up close would be amazing. I mean, people in Toronto, I mean, who could afford it, uh, got the opportunity once or twice a season if they sat courtside at Raptors games when the Bulls in the late 90s were in town or the Wizards in the early 2000s. But for free, like Darian Durant got to, I mean, with opponents or or teammates, Vince Carter, like all these UNC alums, Vince Carter, Antoine Jameson, Rasheed Wallace, Ray Felton, Jerry Stackhouse is probably there. That's unforgettable. And no surprise, Rasheed Wallace was the dude that dropped the most colorful language. It'd still be very, very entertaining. Next up is a man with a ton of personality, a striking amount of athleticism on the field, and a whole lot of confidence. 
the first time I met dude, I was at a night spot in Calgary, Alberta, and and he was wearing grills. And in that moment, I thought, did this dude go to bed in Dallas, Fort Worth, and wake up in Calgary? <laughs> I just I just couldn't believe it. It was like I was watching uh I was watching a, a a Slim Thug or a Paul Wall video. Those are the two guys I can think of that are from Houston, not from Dallas. I'm trying to think of some Dallas MCs. Ah, anyway, maybe I'll ask him. He's on the phone now. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. I've had the pleasure of interviewing him a bunch of times and absorbing a whole lot of personality. Uh, and oftentimes, he steals the spotlight, or he's stolen the spotlight from Jermaine Copeland when Jermaine played for the Calgary Stampeders. And uh, back in uh, 2005 or 2006 when we met, I believe uh, Nick Lewis, wide receiver of the Calgary Stampeders, was wearing grills. Nick, welcome to the show. What's up? What's up? Do you remember when we met? And where, do you remember wearing grills? I do remember wearing the grills. Me and Cope had the grills, and uh, I think that was 2006. <laughs> I was like, when, when we first met, I was like, did this dude, did this dude fall asleep in Dallas and wake up in Calgary? Because that's not something you would see in Canada very often. No, not at all. I, you know, still to the day, I really haven't seen grills in Canada. So, I mean, being from, being from Texas, uh, home of the grills, I went on and got one. <laughs> how much are grills? Like, how much were they? Like, were they like a thousand bucks? I don't. I have no idea. I think mine was about fifteen hundred dollars. I had white and yellow diamonds in. Oh my gosh, dude! Can I, you? I bought them, so, oh. so. Where are they now, Nick? They're at my house in Texas. I still have the grills. Um, I haven't worn them in forever. Did wait? So do you have to like dissolve them in some kind of like? Acidic bath in order to clean them, or does regular toothpaste work? No, I clean them with uh, like some cleaners, some water, and everything. So it it use a little toothbrush on it, but it's, it's good. <laughs> Do you think they still fit? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, you're in you're in Calgary right now, and uh, a, a tremendous alcoholic binge and rage just tore through your city and I'm talking about the 100th Calgary Stampede um, did you miss the whole thing? No I didn't I missed most of it. I had my party at the end. I had a Vegas DJ come down, DJ Eric Forbes uh, Mark Long from Road Rules Real World came down and, and I had my party on a Friday night. It was awesome Friday the 13th. Oh Friday the 13th that's a great night for a party. Where did you have the party? I had it at a place called Black Betty. Uh, okay, was that that's just like a that's like a bar, right? Yeah, it's a uh, burger and wine bar. Uh, okay, now did you wear a cowboy hat? No, I didn't. I, I I went to the Calgary Stampede. I went the week before you. I know that every year, like when the schedule comes out, you guys are like never at home during the Stampede. Like I'm surprised to hear that you did get like one one night in of the Stampede because obviously because. The partying is such a distraction, and it's so much fun. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure your party just was at the same level of the rest of the nine other days of, of, of drinking. Can you give me a story from the Stampede? A story from the Stampede? Yes, sir. Trying to think. Uh, 
trying to think of a good one. Well, one that's one that you can tell publicly. You know, we uh we got back Friday morning from Montreal and uh we went down to Cowboys tent and and the best thing about it was having DJ Forbes here, uh Mark Long here, they've never been a part of anything like it. And also my friend Kenny, uh Penway. So we went down to Cowboys tent and had a blast for about four hours before we went back and uh, got ready for my party. So <laughs> to see their faces and to see the first one, you know, I think everybody had a lot of fun. So wait, you introduced them to the Stampede that day? Yes, I did. Oh, wow. I see. They're, they're taking that back to wherever they're from. Like, man, Canadians, they can get after it. Oh, yeah. You know, Eric and uh, Mark. Mark's from uh, California. Eric's from uh, Vegas. And they, they're already looking forward to coming back. Oh yeah, I you know I have um I was telling some of my hockey dude friends I'm like you have to go to the Stampede more specifically this one guy named Paul Bissonette who uh, plays for the Coyotes I was like I was like Biz man you have to make it to the 101st I mean the 100th was was a milestone and it had a certain amount of hysteria and energy but the 101st it'll still be all right Oh yeah hey the Stampede's always gonna be a great thing Now when were you introduced to the Stampede? And, you know, I really didn't go down to the Stampede Browns my first year in 2004. I think 2005 was my first year that I really embraced the Calgary Stampede and, and really got out there and, and went down and rode the rides and went to the parties and, and just hung out like that. Now, you're, you're, from, you're from Dallas, right, or is it Fort Worth? I, I live in Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Is, is there anything similar to the Stampede in, in, in where you're from? Well, we have the stockyard. The stockyards? Um, oh, okay. You know, Billy Bob's the largest uh, bar in the world, I believe. And they actually have a rodeo arena inside the bar. What? Yeah, so, you know, you got to come down and check out Billy Bob's one time. Wait. And it, it, it is awesome. Like, so, you go in and there's a drinking part, and you walk through the doors, and there's a rodeo arena, and they actually have live bull rides like three times a week. So, wait, there are actual there's actual livestock inside the venue? Yes. <laughs> how much are how much are drinks? Do they do like two dollar drafts and that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, cheap drinks. Oh you boy! Know, everyone in Texas in the stockyard is pretty cheap drinks and everything. So, and what time what time of the year does that take place? All year. What do you know? But like the stockyards, like is that like a a week thing or a weekend thing? And well, in the spring they'll have uh, in the spring they'll have a a big show. Uh, they do that a couple times a year, but every week, I think it's uh, Thursday, Friday, and Thursday nights, they have the bull riding and different other events that they do every week. Now, how much would you have to consume for someone to convince you to get on a mechanical bull? Man, I, I've done it a couple times, Kevin. Come on, are you I, serious? Man, three times. I, I, I feel good. I feel confident when I'm on the bull. Dude, Nick, that's not for you. That's for girls. That's not for dudes. <laughs> Hey, I did it in Mexico. Uh, well, okay, Mexico. I imagine you probably had a few cocktails in your system. I mean, that's yes, I did. <laughs> that's really the only way to do. Like, that's like when I see do. I've been there's like um, the Saddle Ranch in Los Angeles. There's one in Hollywood, and I went to like a party in New York once, which had a Cowboys theme, which was amazing. But anytime a dude went up there, like we would just start booing him, like boo, boo, like it's not for dudes. It's only for women. <laughs> So, I don't remember that. 
Um, so okay, so you did get in a little bit, uh, a little bit of the of the stampede. So now, like, uh, right the the Summer Olympics are upon us, and um, I don't know. Do you follow the Olymp like the Summer Olympics? Yes, I do. Which uh, which events do will you be like looking out for or watching? Uh, the sprint, you know, with the track, uh, the hundred, the two hundred, the four hundred, uh, the relays. You know, I'll be paying very close attention to those races, um, seeing how they go. Um, always want to see what Michael Phelps is going to do. Nice. Yeah, I'll probably watch that too. You know what I'm gonna? You know what I always like when I'm flicking through. And then, like, if it's whatever time of day, whenever it pops on, I end up watching it, is women's volleyball. That's always a great sport. Oh, wow. Those Brazilians, dude, they're all, like, 6'2". And beautiful. And beautiful. Like, 6'2", and beautiful. Like, Brazil, Argentina, Argentina, like, like, uh, volleyball and beach volleyball will have, will hold my interest this year, for sure. So, I don't... I don't know if you saw this, but I just saw this on Twitter yesterday. But Adidas set up this like photo booth um, in London, sort of leading up to the Olympics, and fans could go in there and they could take pictures with their friends and do you know silly faces and poses and stuff. But they added a twist to it. So when people were taking pictures, an athlete popped his head around the side after a photo was taken. And the athlete was David Beckham. And these wow. people lost their minds. So much so that this kid who was like 8 or 10 began to cry. And his mom began to cry. Because Beckham is that. The mythology around him is so huge and so grand. And he has this, I, I don't know, he has this aura about him. Do you? Can you name an athlete right now? that could cause people to cry in the way that David Beckham had people crying in London a few days ago. Man, David Beckham. Hey, you know, David Beckham's one of the biggest stars in the world. Uh, up until, I guess, a couple years ago, Tiger Woods would be able to do that. Right, yeah. He probably could. Uh, do, you think, uh -huh. do, you think anybody, do you think anybody could do it now? Like, is there... Someone in the NFL or someone in baseball or basketball or hockey that could bring some child to his to tears. You know, basketball, LeBron James could do it. You think so? Uh, you think he's that big? I think I think LeBron and Kobe could do it. Yeah, I don't you know? I, I I wonder. I mean Kobe's pretty big and LeBron's pretty big. I don't so you've with them, right? So you you've been around them. Yeah. So I, <laughs> when you don't know them. Than when you do know, right? Yeah, I've I've been around Kobe more than LeBron, and and Kobe, he's close to that aura of David Beckham. He's not quite as a worldwide sensation as David David Beckham. Like David Beckham was like a sex symbol. Kobe, I don't know if it's quite a sex symbol yet, but those those guys are good. Those guys are good choices, good selections. David Beckham puts uh, soccer fans in the stands in America. This is true. This that is, is true. Never been done. Dude, did you see the interview the other day? I, I think it was like two weeks ago. The dude did his a, a, like a post game interview topless for no reason. 
just because he was David Beckham. And I was like, I couldn't even hate on him. I'm like, this guy is doing friggin' underwear ads for H&M during the Super Bowl. And I'm at the Super Bowl party, and women are losing their minds. I go on Twitter, and that's the conversation for a good hour. It's Beckham in these H&M commercials because he's in his underwear. And I, I mean, hey, man, if I was David Beckham, I'd probably do the same thing, too. Yeah, I mean, if you if you could, why not rock it? Right. Like, if I had, if I had like, Terrell Owens' physique... And, and like you remember how the dude would come out in like a like a top to bottom, just like a one piece, like a white one piece. Do you remember I would that? Everywhere. What's that? I would one piece everywhere. I would <laughs> take <laughs> some and a tight shirt to to Walmart. <laughs> I would be in Target all day in a one piece. Oh my god. Hey. Well, um, do you? I don't. Okay, so so I'm. I was. On, I was like. I was on Twitter and I. I came up with. This, I found this story about the Baltimore Ravens and I want to know how your team, the Calgary Stampeders, how you guys, what it's like in the lunchroom for you guys. So the from from the Ravens, they tweeted. They they made a major change in the off season and the team is now committed to healthier eating this year. So for example. Uh, white bread, white pasta, and white rice are all gone, and they've been replaced by whole wheat bread, whole wheat rice, and quinoa. Mashed potatoes used to be made with three pounds of butter and heavy cream, and now they're made with uh, with 2% milk. Now, when you guys, you guys have 60, 65 dudes, 70 dudes, you know, eating every day after practice— what what are, what are some of the healthy options they they have for you guys? Like, have they made any big changes like that for you guys? No, we don't have healthy changes here. No, we, <laughs> yeah. uh, what? We eat chicken on the way, or, or, or Domino's pizza, or Papa John's pizza. Come on, are you serious? Yeah, like once a week, man. You know they they feed us good. And this year for training camp, they had the uh, plain catering company feed us, and that was really good. But there was the only healthy option was a salad. Oh my god! So you guys eat? You, so you? So you're you're kind of like us, like regular dudes. You eat pizza once a week. Yeah, pizza, chicken, you know, McDonald's, everything. And there is no healthy option. <laughs> <laughs> they said that. Uh, they also said that uh, other changes uh, included replacing vegetable oil with olive oil and moving pizza day from Monday to Tuesday as opposed to Friday. So I so it's like it's further away from game day. So like, when are your guys' pizza days? Usually day two, or or usually day two after whatever day that is. And and our schedule changes so much because of you know we play on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And it's not just always on Sunday or Monday. So I think that's a, the big change. So wait, so here. so after a game, the next day is day one. Yeah. Uh, well, my player have a day off. Either a day off or we go in and watch film. Uh, day one's going to be four days before the. Uh, it'll be four days before our next game. Oh, uh, okay. So, so really, Pizza Day being on day two is only like three days away from the game. Like, say if Pizza Day is Tuesday, then Friday you guys are suiting up and playing an opponent. Exactly. Okay. All okay. right. I so, mean, last week I ate Japanese Village the night before the game. <laughs> so you ate like j- j- like you say that again? Got some good steak and shrimp in, and, and a little sake. Is that the game you scored three touchdowns in? Like that game? Yes. Oh wow! So like I know that 
athletes are tremendously superstitious. Are you going to continue that? No. No, okay. No. I, I can continue the sake. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great place to eat. I went to uh there's a one sushi, there's one uh Japanese place in Calgary that uh oh my it's like it looks like a little house. Oh, what the heck is the name of that place? Oh my gosh, I can't remember. I like Zen 8 too. Zen 8's a nice little Japanese spot you guys have out there in Calgary. Oh, okay. Do you like when you guys when you guys travel, you guys get in the night before a game and you're out. Like you guys spend like basically 24 hours in a road city, correct? Uh, East Coast, we usually go two days before the game. We get in uh, that night, you know, around 10 or so that night. So the next time you're in Toronto, you'll get in, say it's a Friday game, you'll get in Wednesday night, you'll have all day Thursday, and you'll play Friday? Yeah. Ah, so you can, like, you can. So I can give you a list of sushi spots to go check out next time you're in Toronto. Well, we we go to Hamilton uh, after the bye week in August, so we'll be there August 7th. You'll be in Toronto August seventh. Yeah, I think I should be in Toronto as well. I will take you. I'll take you to one of my sushi joints. Like I can always shoot to Toronto from Hamilton on the eighth. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like it's like forty-five minutes or something. Super close. Hey, so um, I don't know if you heard this story, but um, this happened today. A dude from the Carolina Panthers in the NFL, the center. His name is Ryan Khalil took out a full-page ad in the Charlotte Observer saying that the Panthers will win the Super Bowl. Now, if one of your teammates did that, took out a, a full-page ad in one of the Calgary newspapers, how would you handle that? I would just hope he's one of the top players on our team. <laughs> but, dude, this guy's the center. So imagine one of your linemen doing that. Well, I mean, I really wouldn't think too much too much of it. You know, he's under a lot of pressure now. Um, Jason Terry got the tattoo of the, of the NBA championship during the season, and they went out and won it. That's true. He does He does have the Larry O'Brien trophy on his bicep, I believe. Yeah, and if you if you want to put that pressure on yourself, then uh, go get it. So, like, okay, so, Nick, I, I, I can imagine – uh, you and your teammates believe, you believe in yourselves, you have a certain amount of self-confidence, and you believe that in November you'll be representing the West to compete in the 100th Grey Cup. But do you believe in jinxing? Um, not really. They said it was a jinx to touch the Grey Cup uh, before you win it. And in 2008, uh, they said we weren't going to win because you're not supposed to touch the Western Conference trophy. And we did all that. We had fun with it, and we still went out and won it. I don't believe in Jason yourself. I believe you just show up on game day and get it done. All right. Well, like, see, you're you're probably in the minority of athletes because athletes are so superstitious. They eat the same things. They get dressed the same way. You know, left sock on before right sock. All these things. Some guys well, say I'm superstitious in that way. Like, I I, I I try to keep the same routine. Always eat sub subway on home game uh, the day of the game. <laughs> I'm sorry, wait, you eat Subway like the sandwich place on game days? Yeah, every home game. I've been eating Subway now for nine years. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of sub do you eat? Chicken, bacon, ranch sub. Oh, my. Uh, harvest chips, and I need the apple juice. <laughs> Dude, that's apple juice has so much sugar in it. Hey, I got a game to play. It's going to. 
you know what? I'm going to burn that off so fast. That's true. That's true. Um, I uh, have you seen the new Batman movie? Yes, I just saved it the other day. What'd you and, think? What'd you think of it? Well, first of all, I got a crazy story to tell you about this. Okay. I got in with a backpack forty minutes late to watch the movie. Wait, say that again. A guy came in 40 minutes late. Oh, wait, wearing a backpack? Wearing a backpack. Ooh, wow. So, wait, when you. When, I'm real nervous. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, <laughs> he must have made everybody real nervous. You know, I couldn't even focus on the screen for about five minutes. Oh, my gosh. Like, where where did you see? Were you, were you in Calgary or were you on the road? No, I was in Calgary. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so other than that, dude. Scaring the crap out of the whole audience, obviously, because of what happened in Aurora, Colorado a week ago. Uh, with that aside, did you enjoy the movie? I love the movie. I thought it was well put together. Uh, I enjoyed, uh, you know, it's two hours, 45 minutes. It's hard to watch long movies sometimes. But it was definitely a, a great two hours and 45 minutes uh, watching the movie. Uh, you get captivated into the movie and... I really enjoyed it. When when Bane puts his hand for those okay, this is not a spoiler. This is just for those who haven't who haven't seen it, who are listening uh, to this show. It's not a spoiler. It's just a moment from the film. But when Bane puts his hand on that one dude's shoulder and he's like, "Do you feel in control?" I was like, "Ah!" Like to me, that was one of the most gangster things I've ever seen or heard ever. Just. And just put his, and he didn't even put like the palm of his hand on the guy's shoulder. He put the back of his hand on his on his shoulder, just like, just just to tell him like, do you feel in control? And that had me like, I I think I screamed in the movie. <laughs> hey, that's all. That's power right there. One hundred percent, it is. Hand on somebody who's yelling at you, and just put your hand on your shoulder, and instantly they shut up. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is definitely power. So, okay, so. Now, at, okay, so The Dark Knight Rises completes the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. I have a list of trilogies, and I'd like you to tell me which one you think is the greatest trilogy. This isn't like a complete list of every trilogy ever. These are just movies. These are more contemporary films in the last, say, I don't know, 10, 15 years, with one exception. Okay, so I'm going to start. So, so listen to the list, and then you tell me which is the greatest trilogy and why. So, we'll go back. Oh, sorry. So, okay. So, the Dark Knight trilogy is one. The Matrix. The Godfather. The Born Identity. The Indiana Jones movies. The, the, we will we'll forget about the fourth one. Rush Hour. The Ocean's Eleven's movies. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And finally, X-Men. Once again, that's not a complete list of every trilogy. It's just a sampling of some of the trilogies that I thought of this morning when I was like, what would Nick find entertaining? So so the best trilogy ever, according to Nick Lewis, is? I have to go with one that's not on the list. Die Hard. Oh, Die Off the Board. Die, okay. You know, Bruce Willis. You know, yippee ki Yeah, how could I forget about that? And, you know, and the only way I could go with that was once... You started saying the trilogies. The first one that came to my mind was Die Hard. You know what? I, that the first Die Hard movie changed movies because it was like it cha- it changed. First of all, the the hero because the hero was now funny, 
like in action movies, the hero was never really funny. He was kind of corny. Like Stallone and Stallone and, and Arnold were like corny when they gave their lines. But Bruce Willis was actually brought a level of humor to it. And then it was like the like the the hero versus uh, the protagonist versus the or hero versus the villain. That changed. That dynamic changed movies. So Die Hard. Okay, Die Hard is a Die good Hard one. Was a great trilogy. When, how old were you in the first? The first Die Hard, I think, came out in '88. Did you see that? I was six. You were oh, you were t- so you you weren't even really supposed to watch that movie. No, but I I still remember going back and watching Die Hard. Still to this day, I can watch any of the Die Hards. Were you? And I even watched. I even loved the last one that came out. The really the, the the cyber the the cyber one. The, I didn't, I only saw a little bit of that, but I I don't know if I was that into it. Don't they like they kidnap his daughter or something? And there was like, yeah. it was good. Yeah, it was really good. All right. Well, okay. I'll take your word for it. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if personally. I think. I think I'm gonna put the Dark Knight trilogy as the greatest trilogy because the movies were just so outstanding. And maybe the third one. I don't think the third one was quite as critically reviewed as the first two, but I think the third one is unbelievable. Bane as a the second one's probably the best one, but Bane, I like the third one more than the first one, even though the first one reinvented the genre. But anyway, that's just... Yeah, I love Bane's character. You know, he, he did a great job in the movie. Yeah. So so I put uh, I put a question out on Facebook on the TSN page, and, uh, and I got a bunch of uh, people to ask questions. And now these questions are specific for you, Nick. And uh, so I'll just read some of them and you respond however. The first one's from... A guy named Emerson uh, Pankratz, and he says, he asks, which alter ego is Nick's favorite? My favorite alter ego. I, this, this is news to me. You have alter egos, Nick? Man, so many. What do you mean? Explain I've this. Since, I've had alter egos since uh, 2003. <laughs> what do you mean? Give us, describe some of these alter egos. So, Geronimo Jones was my first one. <laughs> Describe what's Deronimo Jones's personality like. Basically, how I came across was on video games. I used to love playing video games. I still do, and so I hated put my name in there. And I would always put Geronimo Jones as my character <laughs> name in any video game when I create a player. God, creative player is one of the greatest things ever because you create you create yourself in like ninety nine everything, and then your value is like it costs like seven point eight million to sign you and stuff. It's awesome. I love creative player. Did you ever yeah. when you did creative player? Did you ever put a, a headband like on or like or like? Yeah, in basketball, I wear the headband. Yeah, I wear you the had... headband and the, and the Allen Iverson arm sleeve. <laughs> so, did you ever go the afro too or no? No, I okay. usually go with the uh, the bald cut. Geronimo Jones. Okay, what? Give us, give us another one of your alter egos. 2007, uh, playing under Tom Higgins. Uh, he asked me not to talk to the media as much, and so I created Simon Sleepwalker. <laughs> <laughs> so t- tell us about Simon Sleepwalker. Like, what was his personality like? Just, uh, you know, really felt like I was sleepwalking. I couldn't be myself. So. It was a, a sleepwalking mentality. So did you give, like, if, if when you were interviewed, did you give really generic responses like a lot of athletes do? I gave generic responses. I, I didn't do too much anything special anymore that year. Um, and just kind of went with the flow of things. Okay, so that, okay, so you have Geronimo Jones, you have Simon Sleepwalker. Is there another alter ego? There's Niccolo Dimes. <laughs> 
And what is the origin of Niccolo Dimes? It's my party man. Oh my! So was Niccolo Dimes at the at the Calgary Stampede last week? Yes, he was. Oh boy. So does 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 Niccolo Dimes does he wear does like his his style? Is it a little bit different? Is it a little more flashy? A little more uh, like a little more uh, peacock than your normal everyday wear or your normal party wear? No, no, t-shirts, jeans, and party mode. Okay. Would the would would Niccolo wear the grills if the grills were in Calgary? If the grills were in Calgary, Niccolo would wear the grills. <laughs> so how did how did Niccolo uh, how does he re- interact with the media? Or does he? You know, I try to keep them separate. Right. Separate. You know, I just try to keep them all separate, different situations, uh, just like Lewis Mangenius. <laughs> um, I just, you know, that's my coaching mentality. Like when I'm not practicing or I'm helping out the younger guys, I go with Lewis Mangenius just to help everybody out. And so Lewis Mangenius is now the fourth alter ego? Yeah, you know, my latest two. Um, this year I came up with Nicasso. It's like Picasso, but... Nikasso, N-I-K-A-S-S-O. <laughs> it's uh, painting beautiful pictures through sport and life. You know, I try to change my attitude and my mentality and, you know, just be more positive. So Nikasso. I, I like Nikasso. And then my latest one is uh, Master U. It's Y-U. <laughs> and then uh, last name N-I-Q-U-E. So Master Unique. <laughs> You know, and so so get so describe Nick or give us a little bit. Nick or, huh? Sorry, Nick, give us a little bit of uh, Master Unique. Like, what 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 is he all about? What what are his philosophies? Chinese. He's he's Asian dude. He's Asian dude. So okay, but okay, so what does that mean to you? Like, does he like is he an Asian dude with certain stereotypes? Like, he's like super smart or really philosophical, or just, just smart, outgoing. You know. Thinks he knows karate, and, and just has a great time. He has All of them have a great time. All right. So okay. So those. Are, sorry. Can you recap your alter egos for us, please? These are these are the alter egos of one Nick Lewis of the Calgary Stampeders. So we got Geronimo Jones, Simon Sleepwalker, Master Unique, uh, Lewis Mangenius, Niccolo Dimes, uh, Nicasso. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure there's a couple more that I'm forgetting the name. This is this is unbelievable. So so uh, so Emerson wants to know which one of those six alter egos is your favorite. Geronimo is the first one. Geronimo Jones is the first one. Yeah. Because he because wh- how why is he your favorite? Because he was my first one, and he was the one that I had for the longest. And then it wasn't until 2007, so I created Simon Sleepwalker. <laughs> I really only had one. <laughs> Nick, you really have to take photos of these different guys. Like, like if you could do like a photo shoot or just like on Instagram or something, just if you have time, just we just need to see these these people. And this is all part of the wonderful mosaic which goes on in your head, which we're getting a little taste of today, which is I think is fantastic. Hey, I think when you come back to Calgary, what we can do is we'll go. We'll go to the mall and we'll dress each other. Let's do, dude. That is our segment. We are going to do that for Cabby Presents. Let's do it. Oh, I'm in. That is okay. I gotta write that down. That is Nick Lewis's alter egos. This is unbelievable. Thank you for that, and thank you, Emerson. Okay, the next one from uh, Troy Durrell. Where did you learn how to hurdle people like that? 
people just get used to seeing it now because you do it so often? Um, I do a lot of explosive jumps in off-season, so <laughs> that is really where it comes from. And trust me, I try to tell myself to stay on the ground all the time, but due to the fact of all the jumps, I, you know, in the off-season, I feel comfortable being in there. It's like it's like you're it's like you're Super Mario, like you're just hitting the A button and you're just like hurdling <laughs> dudes. It's 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 really impressive. Like it's it's very like you're hurdling grown men. Like a guy who's that dude that did it for uh what is it? Was it Cincinnati last year like did a full somersault over a dude in the end zone. Remember that that highlight? Yes. And he stuck the landing. That was unbelievable. You need to top that. I don't know if you could put a twist in there. You might have to watch uh some uh, some gymnastics this summer, and just add a little fla- add a little just a little uh, surprise element to one of your jumps in the next over the next uh, I don't know twelve to sixteen weeks. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get that. Uh, I'm gonna just see if I can put that in my arsenal. Two more two more questions, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, a guy named Or Isaac asks, "What is your favorite route to run?" Um, out route. The out route, which is yeah, about a ten yard out route, you know, just ten yards, and then to, to the sideline. It's the one I take the least hits. <laughs> okay, so that's the reason why it's your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, hey, it's there's nothing wrong with being allergic to pain, but in your line of work, it's hard. It's uh, hard to be uh, hard to face that pain every day or whenever you play. And uh, last one from Matthew Mead: Would you prefer an NFL size field? With four downs, as opposed to the CFL size field with three downs. CFL. The it's CFL a field. Lot more, a lot more entertaining. Oh, you guys score a ton of points. Like it's a fast game. It's a lot more entertaining. I find it very boring to watch the NFL these days. It's all about ball control and field position. And you guys do it well. Yes. Nick, you're you remain one of my favorite people ever. Thank you, sir. I can't. I can't wait till you get on TV and like not just every Friday or Thursday or Saturday, but when you're just on TV uh, on the regular. I I find hey, you. Hey, I find hey, you Gabby, just. I told you I want to come work with you. Well, they're going to replace me with you, so I'm a little. I'm a little oh, apprehensive yeah. about that move. <laughs> so I like, can never replace you. Why? Why would they just have like? Why don't we just get the slimmer? Better looking, more athletic version of a guy with a lot of personality. Let's just get rid of the fat one and bring in the new one. So I'm <laughs> I'm a little apprehensive, but when you get here or or wherever, I I look forward to seeing you. Hey, that sounds great. And uh, yeah, whenever you come to Calgary, let me know. Yes, we will. I I, I definitely want to shoot. I want to shoot that alter ego bit, and I want to eat at that Japanese place that you were talking about. Yep, I'm in. And and when you come to Toronto, I'll take you to one of your one of one of my little sushi spots. I got a couple like little undercover, like unknown spots. And then there's like you know, then there's like Blowfish, which is like a spot where like people go, but it's awesome. But anyway, I'll take you to a couple of spots, Nick. All right, sounds good. All yeah. right, man, stay in touch, and thank you so much for doing this, man. Thank you. Good luck the rest of the way. Bye. All right, peace. I'm actually afraid for my job. I mean, I, I don't want to give the execs at TSN any ideas. But Nick Lewis will be great on television. He's always an entertaining interview and an entertaining person all around. I can't believe that he revealed he wrote a mechanical bull, though. That, that, that kind of info's got to stay in the vault. Unless there are pictures out. If there are pictures out, then you can't, you can't do anything about it. But uh, 
I guess when you're in a different country like Mexico, then different rules apply. The Mad Hurdler, a.k.a. Nick Lewis, can be found on Twitter at NickL18. That's at N-I-K-E-L-18. At Nickel18. And Darian Durant now joins the list of nicest athletes. Due in large part because of his South Carolina roots, along with Jermaine O'Neal and Kevin Garnett. Now, he was he's a great dude. I wish next time I interview him, I got a... Oh, I forgot two stories. There's a, I think I may have told this story on the podcast before. There's a, a story about a hockey dude that played in Carolina that had an unbelievable night uh, on, the, on the South Carolina campus. And then a story of mine from Cancun um, with a young lady that was from the University of South Carolina. I'll have to tell those, those stories the next time I get... Uh, a guy who was either from that region of the United States or who plays in Carolina on the podcast. Um, and imagine you paid, you paid for only one meal in a day. Like everything else you ate was for free. If, if that was the case for me, I'd be so much fatter. It was as though like the first 30 something years of my life, I was eating for free because I was so fat. I'm so fat, but I was a lot fatter. Is you know, like, when you get stuff for free, you just take more of it. Just, like, instantaneous gluttony. Uh, thank you uh, to Darian Durant for being on the program. And you can follow Darian at Darian Durant on Twitter. That's D-A-R-I-N-D-U-R-A-N-T. Darian Durant. Appreciate all of you guys listening. I'm Cabby, and I'm gone. Thank you for listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast.